Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. to the show. Thanks for taking some of your Sunday night to hang out with us live on About Face Radio, simulcast on Full Moon Radio, and all over the internet. We hope you had a fun and safe St. Patrick's Day weekend, enjoyed friends and family, and a recharge for the upcoming week. I know most of you are probably watching the, the NCAA tournament or XFL or NASCAR, whatever's on right now, but thank you for taking a little bit of your time to hang out with me and my great guest tonight. Speaking of which, our next guest is a motivational consultant international speaker and author. He has empowered people globally with his inspirational guidance and tips for self-development. He provides his audience with the tools needed to achieve personal success, utilize willpower and determination, and develop strategies that will allow people of all ages to achieve personal and professional excellence. So without further ado, let's welcome to the Misfit Nation, Amard Batal. Welcome, Amard. Thank you for having me on, man. Oh, it's great to have you. Once I've seen your name pop up and uh, your story, I, I didn't know if you'd have enough time with all the things you'd have going on to actually come on the show, but I'm glad you were able to uh, squeak a little bit of time in there to hang, come hang out with the Misfit Nation tonight. 
Oh man, I was looking forward to it. I actually just got home within the hours. Um, I teach classes on Sunday morning to the teens at my church. So we got done with Sunday school for the 11 o'clock and the two o'clock Spanish service. And I was like, hey guys, I got to get home. I got a, I got a media hit to do. And uh, I was excited to be on with you, man. And I'm, I'm pretty uh, pretty fired up to be on with you guys. Awesome. You know, I just gave a basically a two sentence blurb about you there. If you want to go a little more in depth about you for the audience, let them know a little bit about where you came from and how you decided this is the path I want to go on. You know, Rich, and again, thank you for having me on. You know, when you talk about the path, um, man, I wish I could tell you that the path was straight. Um, it's been all over the place. Uh, but at the core, man, I'm basically a writer from a small town in Texas called New Caney. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy who's always had a pen and pad in his hand and always, you know, writing has always been my foundation. You know, obviously jumped into speaking, and mental performance coaching and, you know, consulting and writing curriculum for nonprofits. But at the end of the day, man, I, I'm, I'm just a guy who likes to put his thoughts on the pad. I feel like that's my greatest power. My superpower God gave me is going to be a pen and pad in my hand. And um, so obviously I've authored three books, but at the core of everything I do is, is is I'm a writer. And obviously there's a long road of how I got to where I am now. But at the core, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a writer from a small town in Texas. In that small town, many of the listeners should know from uh, the movie Varsity Blues, I'm guessing, right? New Canada, Texas. It's where the, the school school was actually set, right? So obviously um, Varsity Blues was, was fictional and it was a yes. town called West Canaan. West Canaan, yeah. New Caney. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's north of Houston. Um, obviously, we're, we've been known famous. Uh, Robert, uh, Robert Crippen is, uh, is an old school astronaut. And on a more new scale, uh, a quarterback I play ball with, who some of your uh, fans, may, your audience may know, is Adam Dunn was my quarterback for two years. Um, for, those of you, for those of you baseball fans out there or even University of Texas fans, because he did go to Texas first as a quarterback. And that was right around the time when Texas uh, drafted, uh, not drafted, recruited uh, Chris Sims. And that Adam went on to go ahead and play professional baseball, starting off with the Cincinnati Reds, playing with Ken Griffey Jr. So those are probably the two most famous people from from the from the great Metroplex of New Caney. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I'll make the list uh, before I get out of here. And I'm, I say that I'm I'm definitely uh, that's definitely not my aim, but I definitely do want to represent my city uh, pretty well. And I think you're doing a great job just just with the little things you're doing. Uh, you said you're, you're a writer by trait, but you're also a teen mentor. And I think that's something uh, we need in every small community around the country. And every, every one of the small communities need to grow bigger as we get those teens to understand that they can be a lot better than they think they can and get them to be motivated to be the leaders of tomorrow. Absolutely. And obviously, uh, I've chosen to lean in on this um, uh, a lot because... You know, society is, has not um, has not put our teens and really just the, the country at large in the best optimal position uh, to be able to do things, uh, especially when it comes to the children. And we don't have to go down the path of all the things that are going on that are not advantageous to our children, um, whether you're talking about the breaking apart of the families, whether it's the, you know, the the selling them on the idea that, you know, we need to flip the roles between boys and girls, men and women. Um, all of those things and, you know, just the just the total education system as a whole right now is just not <laughs> been so well for uh, for the development of our youngsters, you know, and, you know, telling guys, that, you know, you need to kind of scale things back, telling ladies, you know, there's liberation and, you know, treating your body a certain type of way. 
Um, those are things that I, I really like to stand on pretty strong um, because roles are, are, are meant to be fulfilled. Um, I, I know they've been trying to tell us, you know, like there's no difference between the two of us, but it's like, have you been alive more than 10 minutes to know that there is difference between males and females and the differences between us is what makes us awesome and come together as a functioning society. So when they tell my guys one thing and they tell the young ladies another thing, I'm the one who looks them in the eye and says, no, this is the way uh, societies have run and the way societies function better. Um, Guys are called to do this. Ladies are typically called to do this. I'm not saying that you can't step into the lanes of other things, but your biological programming and what you are called to do is pretty set for the most part. You can play around with the 10 or 15%, but for the most part, men do certain things and ladies do certain things. And you know what? We've been getting by pretty well with uh, doing it that way for quite some time. And I think we need to get back to a lot of the traditional ways of doing things. Oh, I agree 100%. And, uh... I think that's one thing that you know, hopefully in our generation we can fix it or at least before the next generation gets wasted by all this fighting amongst the uh, trying to figure out what's what, who's who in the zoo and trying to do the thing. If we can uh, come back to reality and understand, like you just said, each one of us is made to do a certain uh, certain thing. Yes, we can cross over every once in a while, but we're made differently and that's, there's a reason we are. And, and, and our differences are beautiful, yes. right? Like, I mean... You know, people are just like, you know, do you encourage guys to engage in violence? Kind of. Yeah. I want guys to challenge each other because that's what we're made to do. Like, you know, we've been doing this. I mean, did when you see a young kid and at two years old, he's aggressive and doing things like nobody taught him to be aggressive. That's just nature. kind of his nature. You know, yeah. I, I, it's, and it's like, we don't have to like look too far to figure this out. I remember, I remember around the time when kind of the whole gender roles were switching and things of that nature. I was on a, I was on a, I was at a youth camp um, as one of the leaders with one of, with one of my team groups. And there was a period of time where they would get like two hours every day to just do what they wanted. And I used to just sit back and, you know, I'm chaperoning certain areas or whatever. And I remember no matter what year it was, the same things would apply. They give, kids free time to go do whatever they want my guys are playing tag on a college campus running each other the other one is flipping off a nine foot wall to do <laughs> backflips then another one is climbing the tree and all my girls were just sitting over there doing makeup playing with each other's hair just just doing very low impact things and just enjoying just chilling with one another where the guys are literally trying to challenge us. It's like, aren't you all tired? Ever? No, that's just the nature of guys wanting to compete. And what, like, shocker, we went to war back in the day. Like, and all of these different things. We went out and, you know, tended to the land. Shocker. You know, these different things, these different roles. And it's like, biology always wins. And, and we're going to kind of come to that point here pretty soon, where it's just like, you can try to socially figure things out. But at the end of the day, man, our biology is going to win. And I just want my teens and young adults to just lean in on that. It's, it's no need to try to, you know, figure something else out. And I mean, I understand why they're doing it. It's economical, it's societal. There's a whole lot of different things and we may get into that, we may not, but it's just like, come on, man. Um, eventually truth always wins out. Definitely. And then you hit the nail on the head, little boys. If you, if you talk to parents of boys and parents of daughters, 
who's taking more trips to the emergency room? It's the parents and the boys. They're, they're taking more trips to the emergency room because them boys will do, like you said, flipping off a nine-foot wall or I bet I can do this better than you. And next thing you know, one's broken a leg or breaking an arm because that's what boys do. They challenge each other until one of them has to get in the hospital. And mom and dad is saying, dang it, not again. This is my week off. Come on. And this is what happens. So it's 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 written on the wall. Um, I grew up with, with two brothers and we fought like cats and dogs all the time just because it was what we did. And we would fight for our sister any day of the week. But that's just what we do. You're right. I remember coming home from college one time. Um, I'm 11 and 13 years older than my brothers. And I'm pulling in. It's summer. It's Christmas. Whatever. I don't know what it was. But my brother and their friend were racing each other on the roof. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I, I was I was sitting there like baffled. Like, what are we what are we doing? But, you know, you know, Rich, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, a lot of people have asked me this question many a times. And it's just like, you know, why do you like guys have to become when we don't we're not just we're not finished products and nobody is. But guys are built through struggle, through trial. We were, we were joking about that today. It's like every dude is taking his bike and went through that ditch thinking it wasn't as deep as it was supposed to be. And it ended up it is. And then you have like that big crash and your face <laughs> is planted in the bottom of a ditch where it's Lord knows what is in there. But right. it's part of that, getting stung by ants, bees, a snake. You know, every guy's probably rolled his ankle a couple times, blown a knee out, you know, dislocated his shoulder, fell out of a tree rolled off of a roof, you know, decided to try to build his own ramp for his bike. And it failed miserably. Like we've all tried experiments where we ended up like, hey, maybe that wasn't a good idea. But we didn't find it out until your buddies like, you know, got a gash on the side of his head. It's like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that again. And you know what's crazy? The next time we'll try to do it better and do it again. And maybe something better will happen, but maybe it won't. But we as men are built by those experiences like you can't that's part of your development like you, you can you can think that there's other ways to do it and if there is i don't know one i like you said every young man has been in the er every young man has been in a boot a sling uh um uh, uh, uh the ace bandage icing up uh icing up something you know the, the the ice pack the emergency room the iv like we've we've Let's just say, let's just say our parents are like, they look over at us and say, you know, you're about 300 grand in on doctor bills. You know, you're welcome. Like, like every, every guy's probably averaging, you know, at least a hundred grand in hospital bills, probably by the time they're 17 years old, you know, but <laughs> but it's just, it's part of it. And there's nothing we can do to change that. And nor should we want to change that because, um, Men need to be strong. Men, men need to be able to compete. Men need to be able to defend um, those in his life who, whom he loves. Um, obviously, you know, the baseline is, you know, you know, we provide and protect for women and children. That's what we're that's what we are called to do. Right. And it's like th that role does not need to be diminished nor taken away. Right. That's just that's, that's part of what we're supposed to defend. That's why most of our soldiers, shockingly, are men. You know, and I know they're trying to, you know, let's even it out. Like, but do you all really want to? Do you really want to do that? You know, I know they try to, you know, add more demographics to different things and that's fine. But I think in the end, if you're, if, if people are given a choice, we guys are always going to choose whatever's most dangerous and what pays better. <laughs> that's, 
that's always been the case. That's why, I, you know, commercial fishermen uh, 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 working at any of the plants and those heat vacs, guys working under the street laying tar in July in Texas. I was saying Houston, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've always said the worst heat in, in maybe in the world is, is Central Texas in July, right? And if you're on the roof, if you're a roofer in Central Texas, good luck. You're cooked every day. So, you know, and I always say like, you know, hey, I'm I'm all for, you know, I got, I have a mother, I have a sister, I have nieces or whatever, and I want them to do what they want to do. But none of them want to do any parts of what most of my guys I coach want to do. Like none of them want to be on a roof. None of them want to lay tar. None of them want to go out fishing. None of them want to wash windows on the top of a, a, a on the top of a skyscraper. None of them want any parts of that. They have the opportunity to, and if they want to do it, go for it. But most of the times when leave left to your own choices, most of the times we fall back into the roles of what we want to do. And that's just, that's just the truth of the matter. Definitely. Uh, my brother chimed in here. He said that we did each and every one of those things to each other. Each <laughs> and every one of those things to each other. And uh, he, he hit me in the face with a skateboard one time, rolled it down a ramp, hit me right underneath my eye. That's something we still laugh about now. I think he would, he might've been, 12 i was 11 or 10 and 11 and i was just walking and he rolled it down i looked at whack right in the eye i had to go into the house and the first thing my mother said was take your shirt off you're getting blood on it that's the only thing she was worried about not the eye that could have been hurt real bad and, and get some ice on that i don't want to clean that shirt that's things <laughs> and we laugh about it now that we're old we're old men now we can do that we can laugh and that, that we made it through those young days but that's just one instance of things we did <laughs> well you know like you know Moms used to just let us beat each other up. Remember, you just, you know, as long as you're back before the street lands was out in the country, it was just before they can look up the street and still be able to see you. That was sort of our, our rule of thumb. Like, I need to be able to see you from the porch coming back because, you know, in the country, we don't have no street lamps. You 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 just need to know where you're going um, and, and, and figure it out. Like, there might be one at the end of the street, but like in between, you have to find the driveway on your own. So your bike, you might miss. Sometimes and, you know, tear your poor little bike up and then you got to go get it fixed and buy a new tube. And then your, you know, your parents will take it out of whatever, you know, other monies you were supposed to get. So you maybe couldn't go to Burger King and get that Whopper now because we got to go buy you a new tube for your bike. You know, because we had, you know, our parents used to make us have cost, you know, like it costs to feed you. So therefore, if you if some of your luxuries you mishandle, then, you know, then we'll have to make sure and take care of that for you and, uh, and, and, and get that get that taken care of for you. So. I'm glad I'm glad your brother weighed in and I'm glad we weren't the only family out there, you know, torturing one another um, for, for, for giggles, you know, like, you know, broken jaws and you know, snapped fingers, dislocated shoulders. I mean, we can, the list goes on, you know, I bet some of your people in there is just like, yeah, let's just list all the broken bones from young men in your community alone. And I bet we have the whole skeletal system uh, there probably present. You can draw a little picture of that little uh, doctor we zapped on there and see what parts are still there alive and still not to see which part you didn't break during it as a child. That's probably easier. So, <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, I mean, you've done a lot so far and yeah, author, a writer by trade, obviously a motivator. What it drives you each day to provide the services you offer? What's your drive? You know, one of the, uh, it's multiple things, but I, A, want to leave the world a little bit better than I, than I came into it with. And 
I pray and strive to become the man I needed when I was 17 years old. That's that's a driving factor for me. So, I mean, you know, I have a morning ritual where, you know, I pray, I give thanks, you know, I read the word or whatever. And it's like, I ask during during my prayer to like create in me what I need to become for the young man whom you are going to send into my life to to mentor, to pour into. Like I whatever I need to become to be able to pour into him, I, that's what I need to be. And so that that that's a that's a major driving factor for me. And man, I'm just I, I came up with uh, I was raised by two different men, my biological father and the father whose name I I, I embody. And they were just both no excuse kind of men. And so I'm real big on being anti entitlement. Like I'm a big delayed gratification kind of guy. I don't believe in something for nothing. I don't believe, I believe you, you know, almost the old school, you eat what you kill. Um, you know, a hunter gatherer type of uh, type of mindset. And so I really want to teach definitely young, young fellas like, hey man, you gotta go out there and earn. Like no one's coming to save you. There's no social safety net for you. No one is coming to save you. So I want you to go out there. I want to be able to encourage young men and show them a way to go out and earn for themselves. Right. Like I even have young men who come up to me and they're, you know, 15, 14, 15 years old. And it's just like, hey, man, I got some money saved. Like, what do I need to do? And, you know, they're getting jobs. I got young men who are, you know, putting in logging in, you know, 25, 30 hours a week. Right. Like they're like they're on the weekends. They're just they're going in. They're going all in. And that's the kind of spirit I want to encourage because that's what we need. We need more useful tax paying people out here. We don't need any more. Um, what I'm owed, you know, it, it's 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 a, a line I like to use a lot. It's like not what can I get, but whom can I serve, and that's what I want to represent. Like who 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 can I who can I serve? Who can I who needs what I'm here to provide? Do I have a useful service that's needed in society? You know, not some you know weird degree from some Ivy League college which has no market value. I want to be able to have skills and services that are needed in the open market. And I want to be able to encourage others to do the same. And so that's, that's sort of where, where my niche is growing into now. Like, I'm just like, Hey, get off the fence. Let's go out there. Let's earn Let's Let's get some money in your pocket. Cause my thing is I try to get my teens to where some of those costs that their parents are taking care of, that they can take them off of their hand. Maybe you don't pay for all your school clothes, but maybe you pay for your shoes. Maybe you pay for, you know, your school uniform. Maybe you pay for a few things here and there. Like I want you sort of getting into grown man status, even as a teenager, because life comes at them, comes at you fast. You need to be ready and you need to be earning as soon as possible. Because again, the way the market is now, like you got to get in the game because there's, again, there's no social safety net for you. Nobody's coming to save you. Are you going to be able to feed yourself? Period. So that's what drives me each day. What drives me each day is seeing, is seeing useful uh, um, productive adults, young adults. That's what drives me each day to create more of them. And you're you're hundred percent right with the, if they don't start learning how to earn at a younger age, by the time it's they hit eighteen, and a lot of parents are eighteen and out, you're out at eighteen. We're done taking care of eighteen, you know. And you hit eighteen, and you you don't know how to earn yet. You're well behind that power curve at this point, and. Now you're on a steep climb against against all those who are actually earning already. And it like you said, there's no there's no safety net for you there. You have to work 
where you're going to have to either join the military or figure a way at that point. And sometimes if you weren't earning at that point, you want to join the military, it's not going to be a good idea either. It's funny you say that. That's, that's the options my father gave me. He said, he said, you either, you're either going to go to college or you're going to go to the military, but you can't stay here pretty much like it's time to go. <laughs> and, and I, and I like the fact that, you know, a lot of things happened in my life that sort of pushed me into the open market a little sooner. Um, you know, my, my, my birth parents had split around the age of 12 and then financially things got really dicey as I started high school. So I started working unofficially at 14, officially at the age of 15. Um, I was already taking care of about a third of the expenses of the house, probably by the age of 16 or 17 years old. By the time I got to college, I was a full-fledged adult from an earning standpoint. Maybe not from the actual money that came in, but from um, quarterbacking multiple jobs and, and you know, doing a budget for the house, uh, you know, my apartment or whatever. I was already on top of that. Like I was, I was light years ahead of a lot of the guys I, I went to school with and, and I'm, and I'm better for it. Uh, I don't, you know, my mom's like, you know, you had to grow up so fast. I'm like, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Like, you know, you didn't fail. We, 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 life teaches us a lot of what we need to. And, you know, I would encourage a lot of parents that like, as things are going on in the lives of the home, bring the kids in on it. Like, let's talk about the current situation. Maybe, you know, we're switching jobs or maybe we need to move or we're doing a, going into another career. But maybe there's going to be a lean six months where we got to scale back on the expenses and get everyone involved. So they learn the realness of the struggle. Don't try to hide it from them. Like, let's 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 put together, you know, team fill in last name here and let's get something done. And so that's that's sort of the way I, I, I like to see things going uh, with, with with my young people and you know, the few parents who, who ask for my opinion on occasions, that's that's the way that's the way I think it, it needs to be, because I think we've gotten into the coddling phase way too deep at yes. this point in time. And now it's goodness, there's this there's, there's, there's some there's some guys who show up to me in their mid 20s. And I'm just like, all right, we need to go back to the full drawing board here. Uh, but, you know, we don't have time to, to, to mess around. It's like you, you're going to have to get a crash course. Uh, starting like I don't know now, so I, I I want to be I want to be that 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 resource that mentor that you know the person who can be you know relied upon to be able to help them get through these challenges called life. Like I said, especially with the young men because they have to they have to figure it out. Definitely, my brother chimed in again. He said it needs to start the parents parents baby them too much today so they don't do anything. I, mean, I, I see it all the time. I'm sure you see it too with the young men you're you're grabbing now. Like you said, the ones in the twenties, they're getting coddled too much at this point, and you have to get a you got to take them down and be take them down a notch and then rebuild them. And that's what that's where you come in and teaching your tenants of how you you rebuild them. And speaking of which, what are the components you teach when you're actually out there mentoring young young men and women? Well, I like to use the the formula now that I put in my new book um, where uh, we, we have like a discovery process uh, where, you know, you're, you're looking around. It's kind of like it's kind of like showing up on the scene, you know, where a natural disaster just happened, you know, and it's carnage everywhere. You know, like you think of like maybe overseas, like a war torn type country. And it's just a bunch of mess out there. And it's sort of the aftermath like after the hurricane, after the flood, and you're looking in the house and saying, well, it's quite a mess. 
you know, some people's some people's lives are like that. And so I like to to go through uh, go through like a five step process and being able to get them where they need to go, which is starting off with reflection. Like, oh, we got a mess here. OK, is there anything good here? Well, the good thing is, is we're still alive, which means we have an opportunity. And so you you sort of unpack because you can't pick a new path until you know where you've been. You know, like to, to how in the world did we get here? So we start off with reflection. And then once we decided like, okay, because the, the main thing, Rich, that I, I, again, I'm very, 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 very huge on personal responsibility and accountability. Like, I mean, you look in the mirror and you own everything. And there's always somebody who's like, well, you don't understand what that kid went through. You don't understand where they came from. And I care and I don't care at the same time. I care because I'm empathetic. I don't care is the fact that you still have in. So let's just say, uh, let's just say you have a a, a seven year old who, who's you know mom's on crack and his dad's in jail. He didn't cause any of that, but he has to deal with the fallout of that. Right. And so that's where I mean, obviously, I don't deal with a lot of seven year olds in that situation, but I'm just talking about from the standpoint that person comes to me as a teenager. They got dealt a pretty a bad deal of cards from the jump. And they didn't cause it. You know, you see an adult and they, you know, botched all this stuff. It's just like, all right, take responsibility for that. But even at a younger age, it's like you do, you have to take, you have to teach them how to take responsibility and look at the idea that like, okay, you know, I hate that you went through this, but we have to do something. If you want to do something, let's sit down and let's unpack this and, and see and see what what's good there. And so you want to make sure and like look and reflect because like I said, what you see in the mirror, you need to own all of it. The good, bad, the ugly, the the, the disgusting, the, the mistakes, the adversities, the my parents don't love me, uh, somebody abandoned me, all that stuff, girlfriend broke up, all that stuff. You got to take all that, all that, all that stuff and throw it in one big pot of gumbo. It's all part of you, you know, and, and deal with that. And then we have to decide. We have to decide like, OK, it's a mess. We've made a lot of mistakes. Got a lot to deal with. So you need to decide what's it going to be. Are we going to are we going to fight or flight? We're going to get in the game. We're going to make something happen. And so then we started deciding, okay, where we are, because see, there's possible and there's probable. Like, what's possible? Is it possible for me to be an astronaut right now? Maybe. Is it probable? Heck no. Not a chance. Not a chance. So we, 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 we bring in the possible and the probable and decide where we want to go. Because depending on where you are in, in your station in life, decides where we want to go. Like, let's just say, you know, you've been in a little bit of trouble and you want to go into welding, HVAC, whatever that is, you know, or whatever you want to start a career, you want to write a book, start a family, whatever it is you want to do next. We, we look at that and we say, okay, this is what we decide. And of course, after that, we go into what's called the planning phase, which, yeah, that's when you, you're laying out a plan. It's like, okay, I want to do this. Okay. What, what's involved in it? Is there money involved in it? Is there training involved in it? Um, Who's the experts in that field who we can, you know, reach out to? Is there any opportunities in the city, town, state, or country I live in? All of those things are important. And of course, then after that, you go into action and, you know, whether you're ready or not, it's time to get in the game. You know, every game plan you put together before you go into a football game is not going to work. So you got to be able to make adjustments on the fly, but you do have to get going. You, you do have to take the field of life and make some things happen. And of course, the last stage of that when it comes into coaching is to seek. And it means seek, seek counsel, seek people in the, in your life who can pour into you, seek people who can um, 
give you wisdom. Uh, you know, I always say, you know, you need a solid three people who are older than you to pour into you for the rest of your life. You know, you want somebody who's maybe in the business field or the, the line of work you're into, like the master of that, you know, and then, you know, you go into it with humility and ask him questions, you know, get the information needed to be able to do that. You want somebody who's sort of the elder statesman, like, you know, kind of like the grandfather patriarch type, the, the, the man who just kind of has a little bit of wisdom about a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of our grandfathers was like this, like he wasn't a, he wasn't an expert at anything, but he sure knew uh, enough about a few things to just help you through life. And then I say you need somebody um, from a from a spiritual standpoint, uh, whether it's a pastor, a deacon, a minister, somebody who can hold you accountable from a moral standpoint. And I think that's the part that's been lost a lot. Like, it's just like, you know, people are kind of pulling away from that. And I mean, there's probably a number of different people who are listening to this. Some of them might be religious, some of them not. Some of them may be different forms of uh, spirituality. That's fine, whatever. Obviously, I know what I represent and I'm not trying to force that onto anybody. But you do need a moral barometer in your life. Someone who says like, this is probably not the right way to go about things. Somebody who's going to hold you accountable for doing and saying things that are just not good. Um, it's going to cause harm to, to others from the standpoint of just, or just being a dishonest person, you know, agreeing to do something and just not coming through on it. And so a, a lot of my, a lot of my program has a lot to do with action, but a lot of it has to do with your mindset. And we have to purge out a lot of the nonsense we were taught um, from, from grade school all the way up through college. And even in, you know, in the real world, um, the media is really good about convincing people about things that just aren't just aren't legitimate in the open market and in the free world. Like, like you're sitting there thinking, like, who who thinks and talks like that outside of you? You know, and so I like to try to like cut through all of that and be like, hey, you can listen to that if you want to, but here's how it works in the real world. Here's how it works in your community, here's how it works in your courthouses and things of that nature. So I want to be able to give them all of those tools to go out there and fight the greatest battles, which is basically getting your mind in place and getting your action in place to be able to go out and be a useful and um, beneficial person to our country and be able to um, do great and amazing things. Awesome. Being productive members of society is what we need. And uh, I think you're, you're giving them the, the right focus, the right tools to do so. Uh, when you uh, go out and get these groups of young men and women do you have schedules in different areas, like different schools or different, uh, I guess, parishes? Or do you just have the same group that you keep talking to and just rotate through the next group that comes up? Well, uh, obviously, I get I get booked to speak at, at a number of different places, and we deal with that as it comes along. You know, typically, if I speak at a school, I'll speak to the whole team, and then I'll have the coach pull the leaders out, uh, your captains. And we have an intensive from there, and that's where, that's where you know, I – uh, the, the cameras are still rolling, but the sleeves get rolled up and the, and the language changes dramatically, not to the profane standpoint, but from the standpoint of like you um, you're you're a leader of men. You don't get the option to just be like, oh, yeah, let's just it's just whatever. No, you can't be whatever. There's just there's 79 other people following you. So you don't get the the, the those, you are the coach on the field, regardless of the sport. You're the coach on the field. People are looking to you for guidance. You don't get the you don't get to just be like, oh, like, you know, just you're going to lead your kid, your guys into a buzzsaw. Uh, but right now I, I'm, I'm working, obviously, at my church, um, uh, Grace Woodlands here in the Woodlands, Texas. Um, I work with the team ministry there. So 
I do pour into them twice a week. Um, I'm a leader and I serve on Wednesdays and on Sundays. Uh, I teach the Sunday school classes um, to the teenage group. Um, also working with the Boys and Girls Club uh, at one of the counties down here. Um, I teach them um, leadership courses. We focus on love, respect, and gratitude. That goes as low as K, you know, five years old through through fifth grade. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a big learning curve for me because they said that you know we want you to work with the elementary school too, and I was like, I don't do elementary school <laughs> until I started doing elementary school, and then I realized you know I can really lean in on that at that at that age because I, if I can teach a five year old, I can teach anyone, and right. so I've been with the boys and girls club for for a few years, and there's a couple of sports teams um, I'm working with here and there, and obviously I work with some small businesses, but when it comes to teens, uh, it's usually on a, on a case by case basis when people book me to come speak in this venue, somebody will call and say, hey, I want you to work with my son. You know, here's some things. And, you know, and the thing is, is like, whereas I used to obviously work a lot with athletes, uh, with my mental performance coaching. Now it's 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 the it's the young adults. It's the ones who are de- debating whether they want to go to college or not. They want to go into the to the to the free market or they do they want to go to college or the ones who went to college and are like, like, now what? What am I supposed to be doing? And they're trying to figure that part of it out because I think you, you maybe where you are, I'm pretty sure you have a lot of people with college degrees who are just like, yeah, I'll just go to Starbucks or Best Buy. And there's nothing wrong with those jobs. Right. I'm just saying if you spent $175,000 on a degree, I, I think it needs to be utilized. Yes. But a lot of them, go ahead. I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is there's a lot of them get degrees that are useless on the market. There's that. There's a yes. lot. Of, there's a lot of busted degrees out there. And I mean, you know, you got to take responsibility for it at the end of the day. But like some of these college advising programs, man, they need to get called to the floor. Like who's advising you to major in some, some of these people show up with these, these degrees. I'm like, you majored in what? That's a thing. Cause I'm thinking in my mind, like, what are you hired to do with a degree? Like what skills are attached to this? And so I try to unpack some of that nonsense too. Like what, what can you do? tomorrow that's going to earn a check you know and so that's a that's a big that's a big part of it but um but i love the groups i'm working with obviously i'm expanding as i'm you know as the book was recently published and you know once it starts gaining some more traction i think that i'll be in a position to start doing more because i do really want to lean into the young adults let's say probably 17 ish they're about 28 to 32 um it's sort of, it's it's the sweet spot to be able to really pour into to them because again, not only I want to be the man when I was 17, I probably could have used someone when I was 24, 28, 31, you know, and it's just different stages of life. And it took me till till like my early 30s to realize like having a mentor, an accountability ally in my corner was so needed, right? And it's, you needed someone who when when life is happening, you can like lay it out to them and say, hey, am I looking at this in the right way? And I mean, even at the age I am now, I have people I call on. And I'm like, hey, here's a scenario. I just want to make sure that like my moral barometer is in the right place with this. I feel like this is the right thing to do, but I need a perspective of someone, you know, a few years younger and a few years older. And we can find a place in the middle, which is, you know, two gentlemen I'm working with right now who are going to be part of my media team going forward. You know, one of them is in his 50s and one's in his early 30s. And so them two get together. They have a certain set of skills. 
and they pour into me, who's right there in the middle of both of them. So it, it works out really well. And I um, I definitely um, rotate through a number of different groups, but some of them I do get um, I do get multiple runs with some of them. My brother again chimed in, and once you started talking about the college stuff, because he's a manager up in uh, New Jersey, he said they, they because they have a degree, they think they are owed and above what the starting pay is at places just because they have a degree. No matter what that degree is in, it could be basket weaving or whatever they took it in, and then of course they expect to start at the top, and they don't they don't know anything about the job. So, <laughs> and what your brother is saying is like. Because the bottom line is this: this is how this is how business works in the real world. Not you know your your ivory tower, Ivy League <laughs> elites who who you know who think they know what's going on in these streets and they have no clue. Um, the skills you have, I'm going to pay you based on the ROI that your skills will bring to the company. Meaning, I pay you out of what your labor is worth, not a degree in liberal dance. Okay. <laughs> That's not how this works, okay? I don't care if you went to Brown, MIT, Yale, or Michigan or Harvard. I don't care. What can you do with this job? Can you provide a service to where your labor brings in this amount of business and I pay you out of the profits from that after paying expenses for the building? That is how e-com works, right? You show up here, and you don't know anything about the job and you think just because of your degree, which is useless, by the way, because if you don't have skills that the market needs, you are useless in society. I know that's that's a very controversial thing to say, but the bottom line is, is what are you bringing to the table for a company to be able to utilize to make money? How valuable are you? Right. There's a reason why you get paid one thing at McDonald's and you get paid another thing at IBM. Why? Because. I can find X number of people, a large number of people who can do that, flipping flipping burgers and dropping vats, fries in the vat, as opposed to people who is a, a, an engineer at IBM. They get paid more because their, their labor is worth more on the market, not based on some, again, some piece of paper, but with no real life skills and abilities. So no, they don't deserve, they don't deserve to start at the top. You, what what did you put in on this company? Exactly. And what did like you invest? Liberal dance ain't gonna get you there. So <laughs> that was right. a good never there. I haven't heard that one yet. So <laughs> I know in uh, when I was growing up, you just see when they show college football, especially whether what's your major, basket weaving one hundred and one or this and that. It was always some obscure degree they were going for. Or general studies was my favorite. I'm going for general studies. You're getting a free education taking general studies. It's that's just not the way to do it. But they did it, and then they had to go back and actually take classes that helped them out in the long run. Well, that and that's my that was my era. Um, you know, I, I was I was in college. I played college football in '98, um, '98 '99 um, um, era when when I when I played ball, and that was the thing. Everybody was going, just leveraging the fact that they were going to go to the NFL. Right. And so you just, you know, and our class is the one who screwed it up to where colleges made you finish 25% of a degree plan to be able to stay eligible in college. Because before it was just a whole bunch of electives. That's all you took is a bunch of electives and just, and just, you know, you're, you're, you never worked towards anything. You just were in school to play ball. And like you said, there's a bunch of guys who did that and never ended up, finishing school 
and didn't make it to the league. So they're my age, and who knows what they have going on? But a lot, I know a lot of them just fell off. You know, yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the top guys I played for played with back in the day, they completely just it didn't work out for them, and, and that's unfortunate. But that's that's the tra- that's what happens when you don't properly plan and and get some things done. But again, being useful adults is what we need more of because there's enough coddling to where now guys are 23, 24 years old and just can't do basic things, right? Never had a bank account, never swept a floor, don't know how to wash dishes, don't know anything going on on their car. I'm not saying you need to be a mechanic, but can you know Can you know the basics? Change a tire. Put air in a tire, change a tire, you know? Know, know where to locate the noise in your car where it's coming from and take it to a mechanic and get it taken care of, you know? Certain things on the inside, cleaning your car properly. Like guys don't even know how to, you know, go to the little, go to the little quick wash and, you know, <laughs> vacuum their car up or whatever, man. I don't know about you, man. I could, I could pay money to get that done all day, but sometimes that's a good stress reliever for me to just go to the car wash. I spend about an hour just vacuuming on the inside, shining my dash up sometimes. And I mean, typically I should be using that time otherwise, but sometimes I just need to, I just need a release. I just need to just you know, put me a podcast on and listen to it while I'm, while I'm cleaning, cleaning my little, cleaning my ride up. And it's just, it's just a way for me to, you know, get away from the busyness of what all I have going on. Sometimes I just want to do, I don't want to say something normal because that sounds weird, but just to just do something to that, that I can feel something that, that I accomplish, but it doesn't take too much of my mental capacities to do it. Cause I need to disconnect sometimes, man. Like I just need to just kind of pull away and just, and just have some time to where everything's not redlined all day. Right. Yes, that's not a good way to operate anyway. So, no. Amari, we talked about a lot of stuff, and you're doing great things. If you can go back in time and talk to young Amari and give him three tips on how to be a successful young man going into the future, what would that be? Ooh. <laughs> how much How much time do we have? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the crazy thing is scaling it down to three things. I would say – um. Oh man, I'm about to tell on myself. Um, embrace family and community much better. Embrace family and community much better. Lean in on that a little bit more. Um, keeping a keeping a good group, you know, being grateful for the family you have, you know, connecting with them a little bit more, which is obviously something I've done as I've gotten older. But I, I, I wish I wish I would have embraced that probably in my teen years, maybe to do things better. Um, but a lot of times, you know, the, the, the looking back thing just sort of pushed me in a weird direction because obviously the way I handle things is what creates the man who's in front of you to be able to say what I'm saying now. Um, but at the same time, I would say that would be one thing that I would say to do is, uh, is to appreciate your loved ones, your family and your, um, those in your circle much more. Um, two, I would say, um, be far better with money. Um, when you got it, um, don't take on any debt. Debt's dumb unless you absolutely have to take it on. And really and truly, if you do like we used to do back in the day, you save up and then you go get it. Remember if you back in the day, if you didn't have the money, you couldn't afford it. That's right. So that's how, that's how it was. And so, um, I definitely would have done, done that better. 
And um, the third, I think, maybe been a little bit more attentive in school and not trying to be a dumb jock. Like I think I would have, I think I would have leaned in on that a little bit more or just utilized what school had to offer for me better. Um, I think, I think that would have been something that I would have done. I mean, the, 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 the list of what could have been, um, we could, we could be here till my next birthday and that's in November. Um, we could be here that long. Um, but, but yeah, I would say those three things are probably, um, the, the things and, and really just, you know, the, the, the whole honoring of your father and mother, um, just being, just being a better son to my folks. I know that there's some days where they probably looked over at me and was just like, you ungrateful little guy. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think I would have, uh, spent a little bit of better of a, of a, of a, of a, of a young man to them. But aside from that, man, I, um, I look back and I, I'm, I'm grateful for the life that I created, um, scars and all, you know, death, divorce, debt, taxes, all of that stuff. Um, it is what it is. I'm, if, if you, if you take any of the struggles I've went through in my life and my, you know, over 40 years, you may not see this man in this spot right here, right now that you don't, you don't see, I may not be in this house. I may not even be in this city. I, I may not have the platform. I ha- I may not be this adamant about working with teenagers. Who knows where I would have been? All of those, all of those things created the man who stands up in front of teenagers and says, let me go ahead and give you the game as if I'm your age, but I'm my age. Here's where things can go sideways. And let's not, let's lean in and, and make things better. And I, and I'm so, and I'm grateful uh, for the teens I work with, especially the ones over at the church. They are so far ahead of where I was at that time. Like there, there are, there are many mornings when I wake up, I'm grateful for them from the standpoint that I'm, I'm leaning into a, they help me make sure I'm on top of my game more so that I can pour more in. I want to, I want to become more wiser to give them more of the game to be able to live a greater life than I could ever imagine. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. That's, that's where I am. That's outstanding. And those, that's great tips right there and great uh, wisdom at the end there. I like that right there. And the listeners, hopefully you're writing that down, taking those nuggets and put them in your toolbox for, for future use. So Ahmad, how can someone get in contact with you to, either have you on their show, hire you, get you to come speak at their, at their business or their, their team and uh, pump them up before they go to the big game. <laughs> well, I would love that. It's amadvital.com, A-H-M-A-R-D-V-I-T-A-L.com. That's the hub for everything. Um, the booking information is there. My contact information is there. On all the social media platforms, it's just Vital. There's no alias and different things like that. It's Vital. I'm pretty easy to find in that regard. I'd love to hear from your audience. Um, as far as that's concerned, uh, the website is probably going to be the best way. Also, info at amodvital.com. They can they can get uh, get with me that way. Also, for those of you who um, may have liked the five steps that I presented earlier, um, um, for your audience, uh, for the Misfit Nation, go to booknowwhat, 
bookwhatnowwhat.com. That's bookwhatnowwhat.com. You get a preview copy of my book. We'd love to, we'd love to have you as a customer to go out and purchase one. It's available on all the major uh, book retailer uh, platforms. But if you want to just go to get check it out and see the layout and see some of the wisdom that is shared in there, uh, that digital copy is available uh, through my publisher. So um, definitely want to make that um, available to you. I think you just plug your email address in and boom, it's right there uh, sent to you immediately. Um, available to, you know, coach and consult and all of these different things are available. You know, some if there was something you heard tonight that that, uh, that resonates with you or there's something that you wanted to, to discuss a little bit deeper, just just reach out to me. I'm not really hard to find. I'm, I, I definitely want to be a servant, uh, especially if you have some young people in your life who are struggling right now. Um, that's a calling for me. That's not just like a business or a uh, service. That's more of a calling in addition to uh, providing a service with it as well. Um, I feel like if we don't build a bridge to future generations, we have no future. That's where we are. And there's been a lot of uh, things that have happened to where the future is compromised. And there's going to be a number of us who are going to stand in the, in the gap and be like, hey, I'll build a bridge for you. I'm going to build a bridge for you because, because I want anyone who hears my voice, who's under, who's under the age of me, I want you to be seven to 10 times more successful than I can ever become. And I plan on doing pretty dog, pretty doggone well in this life, but I want you to surpass me many times over. That's my goal. And so please reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Just put miss, just put the misfit nation in the subject line and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start up a conversation and let's, uh, let's get, let's make some moves. Let's do some major things. Um, it's a good time, a good season to do that. Things seem like they're in shambles, but you know what? There's, there's still lights. Definitely. There's still lights in the world. And I want to connect with some other lights and let's go, uh, let's go, let's go, uh, let's go drown out the darkness. This, uh, this amongst us. Definitely. Awesome. Uh, my brother also chimed in great talk, great topic tonight. So you got him pumped up tonight. So that's awesome. Yeah. Reach out to me, Steven. I got you. There's one thing he'd add is to teach that it's okay to screw up. You need to learn from it, not just shut down. So if you fall down, get back up again. Oh yeah. 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 Let's, uh, let's uh, throw some water on it, throw some alcohol on it, yes. you know, you know, just go ahead and pat it on out. We'll have a little gloss. It's going to leave a mark, but you know, this body, this body is full of marks that I still, that I can, and I can almost remember every instance that happens. We're like, I remember that. Like there's a mark on me. There's literally a mark on me from when I was eight and it's still yeah. there. Yeah. Dad got a hold of me. Dad got a hold of me. <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve it. All right. This has been great. Thank you again for taking some of your time and, uh, and leaving sports behind for an hour to chat with me. It'll still be on when you turn back in the other room there. And, uh, Hope you enjoy the rest of the tournament and uh, get out there and, and mentor more youth and uh, make those kids uh, North Texas or North of Houston, all of Houston, really, that really need that push up after the last uh, seven years or so since Harvey and uh, to really get out of their own way and become better people. Absolutely. And thank you for giving me the platform to reach out to your people, because we do want this message to extend beyond uh, the borders of Texas uh, and get and get to as many places as possible. We're ready. We're ready to start making moves. We're ready to travel. You need us, come get us. Um, I'll stay eight minutes from Bush Airport. Let's go. Nice. All right. <laughs> and you know that place is busy. All right, man. Thank you. Have a good night. I appreciate it. You too, man. Okay. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear.
As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are.